0: Welcome to the Secrets of Success podcast, a series for recruiters by recruiters. I'm Danny Reinhart, and in each episode, I have candid conversations about careers in recruitment with some of the best talent that t has to offer. They'll be giving you a glimpse into the highs and lows of their recruitment careers, their motivations and drivers, and their secret to success in the industry. You can listen and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and other favorite podcast platforms. Let's meet our next guest. Good afternoon, Tom. How are you?
1: Hi, Danny. Yeah, I'm not bad. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, very good, thank you. Very good, surviving lockdown. How are you finding sure. things back in lockdown at the moment?
1: Oh yeah, pretty pretty draining, to be honest.
0: It's <laughs> not easy, is it? When you're used to being in the office and you're, you know, like you are very social. I know you enjoy your pub time as well. So uh, yeah, how, how are you? How are you managing to cope at the moment?
1: um just just yeah the polar opposite really doing doing lots of exercise avoiding ah. avoiding drinking i've just done dry january so um, very
0: nice good for you
1: yeah. which yeah it's been a nice change to be fair so um yeah the polar opposite of what what january in the office would have been like
0: <laughs> Nice. Um, Fantastic. Well, look, thank you very much for joining us today. Um, I know you've seen our kind of Secrets of Success videos and series we've been rolling out recently. So keen to um, kind of understand about your career and recruitment so far. Mm -hmm. And and we're going to look at two other kind of key aspects today. Um, Your transition from AC to consultant, uh, which was at lightning speed. I think (laughs) you reduced our average time for consultants who, uh, for AC to consultant conversion by about six months. So um, sort of understanding your secret of success there and also Mm -hmm. on the new business side of things because you've been a bit of a whiz at that so getting a bit of insight into how you've gone about that um so give us a very brief snapshot of your career in recruitment so far your your journey uh
1: okay Uh, well i guess from from the start it was kind of coming into a a team where we're creating into an area that i didn't really know anything about yeah but but it did interest me just from researching before the interview I was like, yeah this is this is something that I, I could definitely get interested in and, and want to learn to learn more about and pretty pretty quickly ended up specializing um, obviously I mean the, the, the team look at banking and asset management but pretty quickly ended up specializing on uh, the asset management side so mm-hmm. um, yeah and then I obviously started as an associate consultant working on like, various bits that I was I was past um, quick, quickly kind of got got to grips with it and, and learned more about my industry. Went on to, to consultant and, and now senior consultant, um, yeah, recruiting into uh, specifically into funds um, and, and and mainly looking at fund finance. So, yeah, it was pretty, pretty I guess pretty quickly went from kind of general financial services to specialising, and I think that's when it gets a little bit more interesting. Um, when obviously you've got a got an area that you look after and 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 you want to learn more about and, and and go from there really.
0: Yeah. Um, Absolutely fantastic thank you and that's really interesting you mentioned about taking more of a specialist approach because we talk about that a lot in recruitment all all of our recruiters at Eames are sort of encouraged very much to work within a specialist vertical you mentioned there you've enjoyed it what do you think the business benefits for you the kind of the benefits to your billings and your performance have been of taking that more specialist approach to recruitment?
1: I think uh, I think when you do specialize, everything just becomes a lot easier mm-hmm. uh, because, I mean, especially funds as, as an industry, it's a very small industry and you soon realize all the candidates know each other, the clients know each other. Uh, so I, I guess you, you very quickly start to cover what is a small market and the more people, you know, the easier it gets. Yeah. Uh, so I think that is that is definitely something I'd say. And you, you've just got a target and something to focus on. Um, Rather than kind of just doing like the odd job in in loads of different areas, where it's it's suddenly very difficult. Like if I get a roll through for a client, I, I'm pretty confident that I can get a handful of good candidates over very quickly, just because I know lots of people in that area. Yeah, um, and, and also just from a learning perspective as well. Uh, I mean, investment management is, is is something that I've taken a, a personal interest in. Um, I mean from a retail perspective obviously Mm -hmm. Uh, and and, yeah I I think like it it just helps a lot if you know what you're talking about and and you can actually be credible yeah Um, and and, and that will come from from focusing on a particular area
0: yeah absolutely I wondered if you were going to use the word credibility because I was going to jump in there as well it helps doesn't it if you know you know a lot about a little if a little bit if that makes sense you can really build that deep knowledge and that credibility can't you
1: yeah, definitely. And, and that's when people buy into you at the end of the day. Yeah, um, because obviously it is a competitive space and especially the area I look at a lot of the, the candidates I I work with are, are coming from from accounting practices. And th- there's a lot of options open to them. Um, yeah. And you've obviously got to you've got to be able to sell an area to them and, and you're not going to be able to do that unless you really know it inside and out.
0: Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Really good advice as well, I think, there for people watching this that are thinking about moving into a more specialist market. So that's great. Um, So if I take you back a little bit, a little bit further than starting in recruitment, why did you decide recruitment was going to be the right thing for you? Uh,
1: I think it's the classic response fell into it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nobody plans it. Nobody plans it. Yeah
1: i I don't really know. i I mean, I got referred by a friend to Eames um, yeah, and yeah, I, I think what really drew me to it was obviously the financial incentives. I think i I mean, something I looked at was was doing marketing, which is what I did a lot of internships in, which which yeah. I was really interested in, but it's it's difficult to earn a lot of money in marketing very early on. Whereas I think yeah. recruitment, if if you if you get it right, you can do. Mm. Um and, and I think that's I thought I'll, I'll give it a go and, and see what it's like. Uh yeah. and I think I was I was pleasantly surprised by quite a lot of things. Um just like I, I think particularly at Eames, the autonomy that comes with the role, um the not necessarily the social aspect both part of the job and obviously outside the job with colleagues and things like that but being able to go on client meetings, candidate meetings, obviously getting out there and meeting people is really interesting as well and Mm. all the lunches that come with it and things (laughs) like that so um, yeah I just I fell into it I think like most people do Um, but yeah yeah, I was very pleasantly surprised.
0: Excellent. Fantastic. So having a think about that transition then from associate consultant to consultant, um, as I mentioned at the beginning, you know, you did that pretty quickly um, by anybody's standards. Um, what do you think, you know, how how was that experience for you? Because, you know, it's quite a bit, it can feel like quite a big jump, can't it? So how, how talk us through that experience for you.
1: Uh, yeah, I think I was, I was pretty lucky in that, kind of from very early on i was trusted to do not three not 360 straight away but i was past the role and was able to do the client side yeah Um, dealing dealing with them obviously didn't actually pull the role but was doing that client side and having that client interaction from 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 pretty much doing my first deal in recruitment Mm. Uh, and i think that just kind of I think just doing that you realize that like, clients are the same as candidates you know you can you just have to be a, a normal person uh and, and i think that helped and, and just having uh, i guess just being uh, having it drilled into you from from the get-go just how important the that other side of the, the business is the business development side um just how important that other side of your role is yeah kind of drilled into me from day one and just something that i was always kind of helped with a little bit um, mm. from from both from both managers uh, and, and yeah, I think it was just something that I think if you start doing it at an early stage, it's just part of your your natural routine, and 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 it does come and just gets better and better as you as you keep doing it, I guess.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, that makes a lot of sense. And interestingly there, you mentioned something that I'd not really thought of before, because I remembered you doing BD early on and chasing Mm -hmm. leads down with clients we weren't working with and stuff like that. And, you know, picking up new clients. But the interesting thing you mentioned there is around the the sort of even just dealing with clients really early on and managing that process. um, So you start to get in your mind that actually candidates, clients, clients, candidates, they're just contacts in your market, aren't they? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I th- I just think when you first come into recruitment everyone says the business development side is is the hard bit and I think when you're obviously not dealing with clients straight away the more time that goes on where you're not doing that the the harder it seems. Yeah. Uh, so I think like just getting it from from an early early stage just kind of doesn't it just breaks down that barrier straight away um, yeah absolutely. because it is it is obviously very difficult it's a really competitive market trying to open doors is is ultimately that the hardest thing I think mm. personally I think it's the hardest thing uh but I think yeah just being given the opportunity just to speak to these people from from the get-go is yeah is really important and and I mean definitely helped me
0: Excellent. What was thinking back on that period, the biggest challenge for you making that transition from AC to consultant?
1: Uh, I, I guess it's having more of a pressure to bring in your own business. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, like knowing that you're responsible for doing that. And and if you're not doing it, there's going to be questions asked. Mm. Uh, so, so I guess it's just that it's the step up in terms of the pressure that comes with it but I mean the way that it the way that it works at Eames anyway is that you're already kind of doing a consultant role before you get promoted anyway so it shouldn't it's it's designed so that when you do eventually get promoted you're you're already doing it anyway so this it shouldn't really change that much but Mm. obviously psychologically there is still that pressure there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you've always been one to take accountability for your own performance and you probably put yourself under more pressure than we've ever put you under. But um, high performers, that's typically a trend that we see. talk me through your view on KPIs um, because KPIs is something I get asked a lot about when I interview candidates for EAMS and how do we use them and stuff like that and sometimes it can be seen as a bit of a dirty word um, or a dirty acronym. Uh, What what are your Mm. views on KPIs and weekly activity targets and stuff like that?
1: Yeah I I think it kind of I think it depends what kind of person you are. For Mm. me especially when I first started KPIs were just something that would would really drive me I'd be like I want to make sure I hit these KPIs I want to make sure I go way above and beyond all these KPIs yeah um, and I think as 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 you progress and as you just obviously get more settled into your role KPIs you don't really think of them like that you're just like you know that you need to do them um mm. so for, for me I've I've never really been that bothered but I also think that the way that it's set up at Eames is that you don't have like crazy KPIs that are hanging over you I think it's like very much kind of um, you should know what you need to do to make money and ultimately that's why you go in recruitment is to make money and if 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 you need someone to tell you that you've got to hit all these KPIs week by week by week then I think you're doing doing something wrong anyway so
0: absolutely love it very uh, well said
1: yeah I, I do think they're important I think especially when you're starting off I think you need some direction yeah. and i think as as you as you do progress you you learn that you just need to do that anyway so it yeah. shouldn't be a case of your manager saying to you oh, why you're not hitting these cuz you should just you should just do it anyway
0: yeah absolutely i think the, the the way that we've used them as well in the past is thinking you know if you have a dip in your performance for any reason and you're struggling to, to kind of hit the financial nfi target that you want to hit you have a duff quarter those activity figures can be a good thing to look back on can't yeah. they in your dashboard in the database and salesforce that we use and go right why didn't I perform at the level that I did the quarter before that? Actually, did my BD calls drop off or did mm. I not send as many, you know, CVs out? What was it? And you can usually do a bit of a diagnostic, can't you? And look at the data.
1: Yeah. And, and I think there can be a bit of an insurance policy in that sense as well. Uh, that look, look, if you have, look, there's, there's, there's luck in recruitment at the end of the day. You're going to have months where things don't go your way. Yeah. And if you if you've got really good activity over two months where you've not billed, You know okay you might have been doing the wrong kind of activity but sometimes it can be that things just haven't gone your way and at least you've got at least you've got all that activity to say well look i was doing the right things absolutely not not gone my way and hopefully it will do uh in in the next month
0: yeah, makes a lot of sense. Um, so you touched on the business development side of things and, and kind of getting stuck into that early. And you absolutely were somebody that, you know, not just the client management and talking to them through the process. But as I mentioned earlier, you know, you were picking up leads and Glenn, your director, was kind of saying, and Chiggs, your boss, you know, go and chase that lead down. You go and pick it up and give it a go. Um mm. It's always felt like you've really had a drive to do that new business side of things and win your own clients. Where do you think the drive for that has come from?
1: Uh, well, I guess it's obviously uh, for me, a, a lot of it is kind of in progression for a start like Mm -hmm. it's part of the criteria to progress internally at Eames Mm -hmm. to to get to the next step uh so so that's always something and I guess it all just comes back to the the financial incentive look if you've got a a list of clients that are your clients and they're going to keep giving you repeat business the the more jobs you have the more chance of making money right yeah um (laughs) and I think that's just what it comes down to uh trying to get new business and Um, Trying to just keep the job flow coming in continually so that you're never going to have quiet patches
0: yeah Um, and you're more in control of that if it's your client relationship aren't you because I think at Eames you know we've always been known for having you know we're on big PSLs we've got clients we've worked Mm -hmm. with for 10-12 years and there's quite a lot of inbound roles and business a lot of the time Um, probably more so sometimes on our insurance side of things which has been Mm -hmm. our legacy for a long time but you've never been someone to kind of rest on their laurels and wait for those jobs to kind of fall onto your desk you've always wanted to go out and win that new business as well. Well, haven't you to kind of have both avenues?
1: Yeah, definitely, and and I think that is a a, a crucial point. Is that I do have both avenues. Um, Yeah. Obviously, work work with Glenn, who's obviously been in been in the space for for a long time, and and help him with the more kind of junior end of his his client work. So I do get both avenues, but Mm. it it, it is I guess it's it's quite rewarding when you do it entirely yourself and you win and you know a a new client and establish a new relationship for the business. Mm. Um, so it is. It is really rewarding. It, it can be as good as doing a deal when you actually just pull a job, and then when yeah. you actually do it, it's 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 great.
0: Yeah. Talk me through how you organise yourself for business development to make sure it's you know you kind of get the results that you want from your BD activities. Yeah, this is
1: actually something I'm working on at the moment. Uh, okay. Because it, because it's not overly organised. Um, I I'm slowly getting into the habit of just blocking out time in my diary yeah Uh, for for doing BD because it's obviously just so easy to get sucked into uh resourcing roles especially Mm -hmm. when you've got a got a lot on that that needs sorting um so yeah it's something I'm trying to organize a little bit more and 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 really kind of you know make it a little bit more like clockwork Mm. Uh, but it's something that just takes time and I think is you've got to kind of play around with what works for you
0: yeah absolutely so do you um in terms of your main methods for kind of developing new client relationships and stuff what would you say has worked really successfully for you in terms of your top tips for bd
1: i think marketing out candidates is mm-hmm. is the way that's worked the best for me is yeah. wh- whether or not you you know if someone's hiring or whether you're working with a candidate who's who's just excellent and and mm. speaking to them and saying and and you know having a chat with them and um, and, and and kind of you know finding out if they're happy for you to get them out to the market and see what's yeah. out there because that can be a really good way to 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 kind of break down doors and mm. you know if you catch catch someone at the right time who's who might be in the market for a role in in a month's time or some uh, might be in the market for a candidate in a month's time yeah um, that that can be the best best way. It, at the end of the day it's classic supply and demand.
0: Yeah absolutely and it's a fine line isn't it between you know making yourself present and taking good candidates to market proactively and not being a pest and going down that quantity kind of spamming route where you've always focused on quality and credibility and representing brilliant active candidates in the market and trying to add value that way haven't you? Yeah
1: especially in my market you've You've got to have a really good candidate because at the end of the day, I mean, a lot of the people, I a lot of the candidates I work with, have, they've got very similar backgrounds, you know, they've yeah. all been in top of county practices, they, they're mm-hmm. all smart, um, and it's about just like every now and then you do find someone who is really excellent and is yeah. is a cut above the rest, and it's about getting them out because they're the ones that will, that will open the doors for you.
0: Yeah, makes a lot of sense. So we talked a lot about the good times and there's been a lot for you so far, Eves, and long, um, long may that continue. Touch, when, touch wood. When you've had the more challenging times, um, what is it? what do you do to keep yourself motivated, whether that's sort of mentally or just physically, what do you do to, to put yourself in a good frame of mind? Uh,
1: it's a good question, actually. Um, I think it's Very different now working from home to when you're in the office. When you're in the office, you've got your team around you, yeah. And, you know, it's just like I think it's a little bit easier just to pick yourself up. Um, but I've been pretty lucky and I've not had many bad times thus far. Again, <laughs> I
0: thought that as I asked the question, I thought, Has he had any tough I, times? I, yet? Yeah,
1: again, t- touch wood. I mean, actually, when I first got promoted to consultant, I went three months without doing a deal. Um, uh, yes. Yes. I I went all summer without doing a deal and I had a lot of stuff going on and just none of it came through. And I think it's just one of those that you just got to just keep going and and it will come good as long as you're doing the right things. uh, Mm. It it will come good. Um, But yeah, it is tough. There are weeks where you're like, oh, God, maybe this isn't for me. But it does, it always, it always turns around if you if you just keep doing the right stuff.
0: Yeah, it's kind of keep the faith, isn't it? I think one of the biggest reasons that I've where I get so frustrated is when you hire ACs, and this has been the case in any recruitment company I've worked in, and you see them leave and they just give up that little bit too early Mm. and they think, oh, this isn't for me. And you just think, oh, if you're just stuck at it for another six months, keep doing the activity, keep doing the stuff you're doing, you could you could have a really great career. But it is, it's just pushing through that pain barrier of. Oh, I'm not sure this is for me, isn't it? And not giving up too soon. Yeah,
1: yeah, a hundred percent. It's it, sometimes you. It's it's almost like imposter syndrome you get. Yeah. You're like, oh, maybe you know you'll have one thing not go your way, but yeah, it is. It is just about. I think more than anything, just thinking about financial rewards is just yeah. what gets you through it. It's like, look, if I keep doing this. If I work late tonight, then there's a chance I might make X amount of money. So yeah. it, it's Absolutely. just it's it's keeping that thing in the back of your mind always, I think, just to kind of push you through it
0: yeah absolutely so in um, in kind of summary thinking you know you've given us some really good insights today thank you and some good advice for people if you had to think to sort of summarize one or two kind of key secrets of success to pass on to people especially those people that are maybe going through <coughs> that ac to consultant transition or you know or at the earlier stages of their career what would you say your two secrets of success that you would share with people would be
1: i think the first one would be uh, is is all about learning like when i started i just bought a book a couple of books on the industry and just read all about it because th- the hardest thing for me when i first started was trying to talk to people about obviously like your first intro calls just trying to first chatting with candidates is speaking to people about so- something that you don't really know that much about yeah uh, which is just, which is something i just hated uh, mm-hmm. so I just bought I bought some books I used to read them on the commute to work which okay you can't do anymore but you could wake it you could wake up an hour early and read it in bed or something yeah um, so yeah I, I, the, I think the first thing is just finding like all the right newsletters and things like that signing up on your work email and just getting industry news sent to you and just trying to stay on top of things like that because you'll have so much more confidence in yourself if you know what you're talking about and again comes back to that credibility piece Mm. um you'll you'll just you'll you'll have much better conversations with candidates clients and it's something i still do like I'm still nowhere near like knowledgeable enough in my in my opinion on on a lot of things so it's something yeah. I still do all the time and and I think that's what helps is, is if you have a genuine interest in the industry you recruit into yeah um, it, it makes that that side of things a lot easier and um yeah the other thing is just speak to people like uh, that's what it seems I do. obvious I doesn't
0: it but the more people yeah. you talk to the better people tend to do in recruitment
1: and and they they coincide the two do like the more people you speak to the more you'll learn about the industry because you're speaking to people that are a part of it and and mm-hmm. and do it every and do it every day, um, but yeah just speak to people um, it's 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 the it's the best part of the job um, yeah. speaking to different people every day um, you learn so much from people and um, yeah especially if you're in a small market like I am uh, it, it helps a lot when you when you know a lot of people excellent.
0: Lovely, that's everything. Thank you so much, Tom. I appreciate you no taking worries. the time to chat to us today. All right, and enjoy the rest of yeah. your week. All right, thanks, Annie. Thanks, bye.